I'm Carissa Vacker, and welcome back to Sleep Wave, a podcast where we let waves of relaxation wash over you through original sleep meditations created to help you fall asleep tonight. And don't worry if you don't hear the end of an episode. I encourage you to drift off whenever you're ready. Before we get started on tonight's episode, I'd like to say thank you so much for all of the great ratings and reviews you guys have left us on Apple Podcasts and some of the other networks, too. We loved hearing from QT Downunda, who shared that she had been struggling with sleep since she became a mom. She shared that Sleepwave feels like a massage for her brain and gets her to sleep quickly and easily. We're so glad to hear it. If you too find that sleep has come easier since listening to Sleepwave and you've not yet reached out to us, please feel free to let us know and consider subscribing to support the show. You can enjoy ad-free listening, plus have access to two bonus episodes a month and my entire back catalog. It really is the best way to find easy sleep every night. The details are in the show notes. Before we begin, I wanted to let you know about the best way to get a perfect night's sleep. With Sleepwave Premium, enjoy an ad-free experience, two exclusive bonus episodes a month, as well as our back catalog of premium content. Your support really helps. Sign up takes two taps, so please click the link in the show notes. But now, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors who make this free content possible. Welcome to the Life Writing Podcast, where married authors and screenwriters Stephen Barnes and Tanana Reeve do talk about writing during stressful times, breaking into Hollywood, and balancing life. Every week, we'll share more tips on how to build a better life while you create your dream projects. Even if it's only at the rate of one sentence a day. Life writing is the application of the tools of writing to life and the tools of life to your writing. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. While I have no idea who originated the idea of spring cleaning, I am all for it. On the rare occasions when I rise to the challenge of reorganizing my closets or pantry, I feel such a sense of accomplishment. Springtime is full of all kinds of opportunities to clean out. In addition to spring cleaning, detox lifestyle changes usually rise up in popularity after a season full of indulgence. While I may or may not participate in these rituals, I value the idea of cleaning out, refreshing, cleansing, taking a pause from those things that entice us. I like the focus it gives me. If I'm taking a social media detox or I'm cleaning out my closet, I know I'm actively trying to do something good for myself that will ideally make my life easier and healthier. These cleansing practices may also have the surprising effect of helping us to sleep better, too. I am a firm believer that our outer environment reflects our inner environment. If I have dishes piled up in the sink, piles of laundry on the couch, and crumbs on the floor, I guarantee you that I am also feeling stressed and probably a bit frazzled. When my house is clean, though, I feel that spaciousness and comfort inside, too. The same goes with the kind of media I let myself consume. 
If I watch a TV show that is suspenseful or has violent scenes right before bed, or linger too long on social media, or doom scroll the news, I promise you that will also be reflected in my dreams and usually gives me a pretty fitful night of sleep. Likewise, if I eat something greasy or too heavy close to bedtime, same deal, I'm much more likely to have difficult sleep. I'll be the first to admit that my house is often a mess and I sometimes watch things that I know aren't amazing for my brain and I think cookies are a perfectly okay snack sometimes. But I also notice that when I focus on creating a clean environment, in my home, in my mind, in my body, my sleep, and most other things too, are better. Tonight we're going to dive into the idea of saucha, a yogic concept that basically translates to cleanliness. Even if we don't live in a 100% clean way all the time, we can still benefit from these ideas. Settle in and get comfortable as we go on a meditation journey together to wake up feeling inspired, refreshed, and well-rested, and maybe even inspired to do some spring cleaning. This is Spring Cleaning of the Mind by Billy Gill. It's likely that you've heard of the body's immune system. It's the whole cascade of physiological responses to the environment, which limits harmful organisms from causing us to fall ill. There are many strategies and mechanisms that our immune system employs to do this. The skin, for example, is the immune system's first line of defense protecting the more vital and also more vulnerable organs from infection by acting as a barrier to potentially harmful elements in the environment. If, somehow, any of these elements make it past the skin, there are many cellular responses that wall off the spread of the invasion and mount a counteroffensive. Then, what's known as the adaptive immune system employs a strategy to identify those types of intruders more quickly in the future and, ideally, avoid the symptoms of illness that we've all experienced. Fatigue, fever, and other immunological responses. Those responses, though a necessary part of protecting us from the potential damage of infection, are costly and unpleasant. Also, the immune response is merely reactive. It's only after we've met with a pathogen that these processes get started. Since the earliest humans, disease has been a fact of life. Consequently, humans and many other species as well have developed certain behaviors to avoid the necessity of mounting an immune response as much as possible. Psychologists have introduced the concept of the behavioral immune system. These are the behaviors that we engage in and attitudes that we adopt to minimize the risk of being sick. One relevant and often cited aspect of the behavioral immune system is the phenomenon of disgust. When we perceive some foul odor or any other sign that something around us might have the potential to make us ill, we avoid it. 
It seems instinctual and may be to some degree, but there is some variation in these behaviors. Those people who are or feel themselves to be more vulnerable to disease predictably have a lower threshold for disgust and tend to engage in more avoidant behaviors. Of course, there is a cost-benefit relationship to this. More socially outgoing and gregarious traits can have many positive social rewards, such as more opportunities to find friends, romantic partners, business opportunities, etc. More social interaction, however, does present a higher risk of exposure. People who are more gregarious and outgoing also tend to feel more invulnerable to disease. The opposite is also true. Those who feel more vulnerable tend to be more reserved socially. It's not surprising then that one of the principles of the ancient yogis of India was to practice saucha, which translates to cleanliness or purity. The yogi was concerned with concentrating and devoting all of his resources to the realization of spiritual potential. Illness is a major obstacle to that project and was to be avoided. As a result, yoga became a major proponent of early hygiene rituals that may have seemed odd to the average person in ancient times before knowledge of microbes prompted people to increasingly adopt more careful cleanliness practices. The external practice of purity and avoiding the causes of disease has its counterpart in the mind. Regardless of how clean they kept their bodies and their environment, people may or may not practice mental hygiene. Allowing thoughts to clutter and cloud the mind becomes a burden. To wise people, great caution must be used for discerning what kinds of thoughts, if any at all, are permitted to occupy their mental space. The mind is subtle, and it takes practice and awareness to practice this kind of cleanliness of thought. But when you begin to regard your own psyche as a space that must be maintained, its importance is revealed. You spend many hours a day inside your room, but all of your time is spent in the room of your mental and psychic awareness. If you wouldn't want your physical space to be cluttered, if you recognize how unpleasant it would be to occupy that space if garbage were haphazardly strewn about the room, then wouldn't you also want your psychic space to be at least free from the causes of illness? Greed, envy, and unbounded desires are examples of some of the types of influences that can make the mind an unpleasant place to reside. However, saucha isn't a moralistic practice any more than washing your hands before a meal is a moral virtue. The practice of saucha is about self-discipline in order to attain one's highest ideals in life. The obstacles toward that end that are presented by disease are no less obstructive than those presented by a disordered mind. In the case of a physical space, like a room, some people are able to tolerate a bit more disorder before they feel put off. 
There is some psychological research that points to this as a sign that someone feels a bit less vulnerable to disease. On the contrary, those who are very sensitive to the feeling of disgust may feel more vulnerable to disease whether or not they actually have some increased vulnerability, such as a weaker immune system. There are those who are psychologically robust and feel that they can tolerate a more chaotic mind before feeling overwhelmed. Ultimately, it's a personal choice to decide how much attention should be paid to Saucha. The advice of the yogis is simply to pay attention to it as an important piece of creating a lifestyle that is conducive to spiritual growth. If your home is immaculate and your body is clean, but in your mind you are unable to relax or feel a sense of well-being, this facade of well-being can never equal health. Tonight's sleep meditation empowers you with Saucha. To engage in the discipline of purification adds layers of meaning the most mundane everyday chores. Taking out the garbage at night becomes a metaphor for keeping yourself in a state of thriving. Brushing your teeth goes from a mindless habit to a mindful habit. You will realize through the conscious practice of Saucha that keeping your home clean translates to keeping your body clean. Your body is your home. Saucha makes it a beautiful reflection of something even more subtle. Your mind, which governs the body, is itself a reflection of some eternal principle in the universe. The principle of order, as opposed to chaos, is embodied in Saucha. Chaos is necessary. Without chaos, there can be no exploration. Again, the degree of chaos that people can tolerate varies from person to person. But there is some moment for everyone in which chaos must be balanced with order if life is to sustain itself. As you make your way into a comfortable position, adjust any bedding or your physical body so that you feel comfortable and relaxed. Different people will need different levels of adjustment. Some people will feel they have aligned themselves optimally, whether they are symmetrical or not. Others will need to very precisely arrange their limbs just so, or relaxation won't come. Whatever level of precision you require to feel relaxed and comfortable, allow yourself plenty of time to become calm 
and steady. Breathe in slowly through your nostrils. Notice a brief pause at the top of your inhale. Breathe out through the mouth and release any unnecessary tension that you may be holding in the jaw, the lips, the forehead, the bridge of the nose, the ears, the eyes. Once more, breathe in through the nose and observe the pause at the top of the breath. Exhale through your mouth and linger in the stillness at the bottom of your exhale. Let the next inhale replace itself by merely yielding to the need for a new breath.
breathing in through the nose is more hygienic than breathing in through the mouth. The nose has structures called turbinates that slow down the airflow into the lungs, which both warms and filters the outer air from the inside of your body. The primary function of your immune system is to distinguish self from non-self. In the language of Ayurveda, the natural system of medicine in India, the immune system is ahamkara, the eye-maker. When we say I, we are defining ourselves. And in order to do that, we must create a boundary between what I am and what I am not, self from non-self. Saucha is the purification of the self. When we say that gold is of a pure quality, we mean that it is gold and nothing else. Self-purification of mind, body, and spirit is increasingly striving toward the highest ideal you can conceive of realizing. Breathing slowly and evenly through the nose, growing more and more physical body.
this moment? Are you able to separate the self from the non-self? Are you able to organize your psyche in such a way as to reflect and ordered and purposeful reality? Release any thought of gain. When your physical space is orderly and beautiful, the eyes and the heart are at ease within it. The same is true for the inner space of the mind. When your mind is free from craving and aversion, it abides in its natural form, which is calm and clear, not chaotic and cluttered. Clear away the impurities of the mind as the wind blows the impurities of smoke away from a fire. When the mind is purified by this calm, steady breathing, you feel peaceful and at ease. Visualize a bright, clean space. Notice how it would feel to inhabit this space. Purity of the mind 
body and the self go on. you breathe slowly in and out, allow the thought, I am, to sound in your mind, not too clear and not too fuzzy. This is a very simple but profound thought. Can you be this pure 